the Catholic Diocese of Saginaw is sharing a renewed commitment to pray for an end to abortion and raise awareness of the sanctity of life. And because of the current challenges to gather and march in person, they're offering many new ways to pray and raise voices across the diocese. To talk with us about that, our two guests joining us here today, we have Lori Becker, Respect Life Coordinator of the Diocese of Saginaw. Joining her is Mark Graveline, Coordinator of Youth Ministry at the Diocese of Saginaw. Lori Mark, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Thank you. Mark, I also know you're the uh, also a past board president for the National Federation for Catholic Youth, youth Ministry, and we'll talk to, you about, uh, talk, talk to you about youth ministry as well. So typically, you know, hundreds of thousands of people um, head to the Capitol for the March for Life, and among those are hundreds of young people. Obviously, you know, this is done differently because of COVID, but tell us about the events happening and how you're doing things differently this year regarding the March for Life and getting the word out about pro-life movement. Sure, yeah. Yeah, like you said, in years past, we've taken so many kids out to D.C. to experience the march out there, and I, I do firmly believe that it has an impact on them. And when they, they come back to our diocese and to their homes, they're, uh, they've grown a little bit in their pro-life uh, and respecting of life, um, and they can share that in their communities. Uh, this year, we, we knew that uh, pretty early on, like I'd say in June or July, we just weren't going to be able to go uh, to the march this year, unfortunately. Um, There's just no way to, to pack the buses and go to big events. Um, so Lori and I began talking about what we could possibly be doing. And uh, this year we kind of took the, the, the route on let's really take a step back in terms of really exploring what respect life is, um, obviously with the issue of abortion, but then how do we look at all the other things also, um, you know, and it's not difficult to find issues to talk about. All you have to do is turn on the news every day. And and you could see that respecting life in in all of its facets, um, it it was just an issue across the board. So uh, we decided to take a look at and uh, we enter into uh, a novena this year that we're asking all people to join in. And during that uh, those nine days, we are uh, dedicating ourselves to prayer but also to, to discussions and to learning about respecting life. Um, and we created nine podcasts where we sat down with local experts, but also local clergy, just to have conversations about what does respect life mean uh, with abortion, um, but also what does it mean in other areas and in a, of our lives. And we looked at other things like immigration, um, racism, uh, end of life issues, um, and uh, and just just kept saying how do we respect the dignity of life in all of those areas? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Lori will mention on a couple of things, um, but we're we're also going to be gathering a couple of times, and uh, we're going to be asking some young people to come to our cathedral, uh, where we're going to have a small rally with a, a few speakers, uh, and then have mass with the bishop also. You know, and it's so important, despite the challenges that we're facing, that we stay engaged and we stay on mission, on point, on the pro-life cause. And, Lori, with the new presidency, uh, we have a president who, you know, says he's Catholic, but he does believe in abortion on demand and abortion up until birth. What challenges are you anticipating for the pro-life movement? 
I think it just it it pushes us pushes us further into raising that awareness and education um, and helping people to understand um, the sin of abortion. Um, we have several new ways of doing that. There's a wonderful new program that the USCCB had launched um, this past March, and then we were delayed by COVID, of course, but it's called Walking with Moms in Need. And what this is is that making sure all of our parishes are aware of our community resources that are available, such as our crisis pregnancy centers, um, where, where young moms can get food, um, adoption agencies, um, things like that to really walk alongside this young woman who may be facing a crisis pregnancy and helping her to realize that she can choose life, whether she chooses to, you know, raise that child herself or to, you know, have the ultimate gift of love in placing the child in, into the adoptive parents into their arms. Um, we just have a lot of work to do to, and, and in collaboration with our community agencies as well, to raise the awareness, keep letting people know um, of the sanctity of life. And this child is created in the image of God, and we have to protect that child. So, yes, it's, there's some challenges, but we're up for it. We have the things in place and ready to go. You know, and I think it's so important that we talk to our young kids about these issues, about abortion, about what's going on in the world, so they're aware, and that's why youth ministry is so important, because, you know, we're seeing more and more kids uh, going away to college and getting indoctrinated into this, you know, far-left agenda, and so many parents are saying, my kids go to college and they're conservative, and they come out, and they're now pro-choice, and they're supporting abortion, and so we're up against society, we're against the social norms and what's happening when they go off to college. So what kind of conversations, um, Mark and Lori, should we be having with our kids? And is and is and what age should we start having these conversations about the pro-life movement with our children? Oh, I, I, I don't think there's a, an age uh, that's too young that you can't start to teach about the value of life. Um, it's not very hard to teach even a toddler uh, the preciousness of of a of a new baby, a new child, or in someone's life. Um, but yeah, definitely waiting until the college years to have the, the the bigger and tougher conversations is, in my opinion, too late. Um, you know, we can be having those conversations um, with middle school uh, young people, high schoolers. Uh, they they can grasp the the severity of this issue. And, uh, and to be honest, I mean, yes, youth ministers have a part in that and, and our pastors. Um, nobody can replace mom and dad uh, talking with them, having those uh, dinnertime conversations and talking about the values of their family. Um, those are huge, impressionable times, um, and not, I wouldn't delay too, too late on those. In uh, the podcast that we created um, for our Witness to Life program um, really are the result of COVID. Mm. Um, it's one of the blessings that we've received because if we hadn't been in lockdown, <laughs> we probably wouldn't have been able to grasp this gift from the Holy Spirit of creating these podcasts. And not only are they useful for our nine-day um, uh, novena that we're doing, 
but also into the future. And each one of the podcasts has resources that are available with it so that parents can listen to these with their children. And they can go deeper and they can research and they can learn more. It's it's a it's a opener for a conversation. Parishes can use these for education, youth ministers. So these podcasts will live on um, on our website and will be available to all for as long as they're needed. You know, uh, Lori, you make a great point and how uh, despite the challenges and what we've been through, the Holy Spirit showed us innovative ways to reach the faithful and reach others and bring others to Christ. And it kind of reminded me of a little meme going on in social media during the COVID shutdowns when all the churches had to shut down. And there was the devil on one thing saying, ha ha, I shut all your churches. And there's... Mm -hmm. um, Jesus and the other meme saying, no, I opened them up in all the homes across the world. And mm -hmm. that innovation, that the Holy Spirit really speaking to us, saying, I'm going to find a way if there's, you know, with, with God, all things are possible. And um, mm -hmm. we can't let what has happened stop us from uh, uh, spreading truth, you know, and sharing uh, life. And, and and one thing, Mark, you said, you know, you keep using the word value of life, and I think that's so important that we're showing our children to value life, all life, um, and we all have different challenges. And I remember at my daughter's school, St. Fabian, when she was there, Father Andrew uh, Dawson brought in a, a speaker, and it was and it was actually during Diversity Month, and I loved this message. And it really was a pro-life message, but about diversity. And um, Ellen Salter came. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Ellen Salter and her daughter Megan, uh, Megan's Miracles. But Megan is in, is is in a wheelchair, and she doesn't speak other than using her eyes and her smiles. And um, and I thought, what a beautiful message to our children that all life has value, and there's all kinds of people in this world, and God has a purpose for everybody. And I think that's such an important message, and that's a way that you could teach kids as young as five, you know, and, you know, the schools K through eight, of the value of life. Can you guys speak to that, that message to youth about valuing all life? Yeah, it's one of the themes that really came up in all of the conversations that we had is really what is the value or dignity of the human person? You know, where does it come from? And and, you know, I, I think, you know, everywhere in the culture or society, we find all these different ways to put value on life. And, and really what it comes down to is what we, what we discussed in scripture is every value, uh, every life has value because God loves them. Mm -hmm. And it's the love of God in that person that we have to recognize. And because God loves them, that's, and I'm called to also love them. And in all forms, in all forms. It, so it doesn't matter if your athletic ability, um, you know, how much money you, you earn, um, you know, whatever it is, uh, it, none of that really is contingent on, on the dignity of the person. Um, it's really about the, about the love of the person who created them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking with Lori Becker, Respect uh, Life Coordinator at the Diocese of Saginaw, along with Mark Graveline coordinator of youth ministry at the Diocese of Saginaw. We're talking about all the different events they're having virtually uh, on the pro-life movement and moving forward in 2021. What challenges um, do you guys anticipate as you know this pandem pandemic continues with us, uh, but that you're going to kind of forge ahead with the pro-life agenda and the youth ministry? Mm-hmm. 
it's really the the um, another blessing is our ability to reach people virtually, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's really we it's been such a surprise to us that we are we have this ability now um, to reach a far greater number of people than we would if we were just taking the buses to Washington. Um, we have we're reaching people of all ages. So, and, and it's not only just in, within our diocese, a, a lot, it's, it's nationwide. Um, USCCB requested or gave us a, a gift of an invitation to list our events with them. And they are sending out emails every day for the nine days for life with different events that are going on across the country within the parishes and the diocese that are going to be live streamed. So anybody can go to USCCB and see that next Thursday night we are beginning our our nine-day reflection with a novena to life at our cathedral with Bishop Bruce, and they can watch Mm -hmm. that. So that's a huge blessing for us to be able to proclaim the good news. Mm -hmm. Mark, what are some Mm -hmm. of the plans for the youth in 2021? Well, you know, that's the the challenging part is, you know, the gathering. And, you know, yeah. that was a basis of, of everything that we really do. However, um, the youth ministers in our diocese have been doing a great job. When they when they can gather, they do, uh, you know, in their small groups um, and uh, reaching out to them and their families. Um, so I've, I've just been extremely proud and happy of the work that they've been doing. Um we, we we are working on, and we do hope to have an in-person gathering for all the youth in the diocese uh, in October, uh, particularly our high school youth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we're also looking at some uh, possible middle school uh, gatherings uh, between Michigan and Ohio. Um, but all those are contingent at this point. You know, we're putting those, you know, plans mm-hmm. together. And then um, just individually, the parish is working with their young people, you know, to grow in their discipleship and grow closer. Um, it, it all happens on a very uh, basic level and the relationships that young people have with their parish. Mm-hmm. You know, we know having the pro-life conversation is sometimes hard. Uh, and it can be very divisive when we talk to people who are pro-abortion. So what are your recommendations for even having those conversations with, you know, a fellow adult and with youth, you know, where it doesn't, you know, end up in a total attack on each other like we've seen on social media? How do we even have these conversations anymore? There seems to be so much divide. There is there is a lot of divide, and, and that conversation can be very difficult. But if, I believe that if the people involved in the conversation can speak to each other with respect and love and share their differences, that's, that's the best that we can do. But sometimes that's not possible. We know that given our um, society today. So we can gently speak the truth. And, and that's that's what Jesus asked of us to do is just to proclaim the truth and, and share that, and hopefully hearts will soften, um, and and then relationships will form and awareness will change. Mm-hmm. So that that that's what I believe is just gently speaking the truth in respect for one another. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So um, I like to ask our guests when they're on, and I don't know if either one of you want to answer this, but about your own epiphany moments. We all kind of have them on our faith journey and those, you know, aha moments where God is showing us something or speaking to us in some way. Is is there an epiphany moment that either one of you would like to share with our listeners today? Um, I do have, um, it's more than a moment, um, Vanessa, it's more like um, over a year-long <laughs> process. Sure. Um, in, in my family, my, um, my situation was very difficult and I didn't have a very good relationship with my parents. And so I always felt that I wasn't worthy of love. And if my parents didn't love me, then how, my gosh, could God love me? And then I met, um, an elderly woman who we became great friends and she became part of my husband and my kids, our family. And what Margaret taught me um, was that she loved me unconditionally. And that when I realized that, that was my moment because I, I finally realized that, oh, my gosh, God does love me unconditionally. And that really propelled me into ministry at that point to give that, that same kind of love that I received from Margaret to everyone unconditionally. Mm. That's beautiful. What a great message Thanks. for all of us to remind each other of what unconditional love is, because that's what how God loves us, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Mark. Mark, did you have anything to share? Yeah, I, I, well, I don't have anything like in a particular moment, but I just know that I've been seeing quite often um, the past few years. It's become readily available that um, the Holy Spirit is working. And he really wants to work through our young people. Um, mm. They bring things to us and they ask us of things um, that I really do believe are, are from from him, are from straight from God. And um, I just have just been trying to more intently listen to um, two young people and when they're asking of their church. Um, and I just encourage, um, you know, parishes and, and whatnot to... to um, I don't think it's any secret that young people aren't coming in the numbers that they used to in many of our churches. But the ones that do come, I think, do hold the key, and I do think the Spirit's working through them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We also know, too, um, Mark and Lori, that stats show that if a father is going to Mass with his family, uh, the chances of children continuing in their faith journey and going to church rises con- uh, significantly compared to even just the mom going. So the role of a father and being at Mass and being with the family and leading the family on their faith journey is so critical. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and uh, we share that when we talk with youth ministers and parishes. There's many influences um, of the faith um, on young people, um, but you cannot replace the mom and the dad. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's absolutely critical in the role that each parent uh, and and in, for fathers to really step into that role it is we really do need that. Um, and not just going to Mass, but, um, you know, for the young person to see their father participating, uh, to, to actually be praying, and not just at Mass, but at home, too. Um, I, you, there's... You just can't replace it. Yeah, I I agree with you, Mark. I mean, just my own personal experience is that, you know, I credit a lot of my faith 
to my father who didn't preach it. He just lived it. And, you know, all the memories of him sitting in his lazy boy chair, you know, reading scripture, reading the Bible, reading prayers. He was a daily mass goer. Um, just his incredible faith. And I really, you know, credit him to my faith because I just saw him, how he lived it every single day. So I can't encourage parents enough, you know, live the faith. If you want you, children to live the faith, you must live it first. And kids kids are the greatest imitators, as we all know, Lori and Mark. And they just imitate what they see us do as adults. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good answer. <laughs> yep. Yep, and invite the young people into it. If you're going to pray, and it's good to pray on your own, but why not invite a young person in with you? Uh, it, it's good for you to go um, feed the hungry, but why not invite a person to come with you? Mm-hmm. Um, in all those aspects, and when they're doing it with someone that they love and trust, um, they're not quote unquote, you know, learning at that point, but they are. Uh, you know, you, it's just they're just taking it all in. Um, and, and like you just said, those will be the memories that they're going to carry with them. Yeah. You know, Mark, let me ask you this, because I know we're dealing with COVID, and you work with youth as a coordinator of youth ministry, and COVID is an exception. But even pre-COVID, what are some of the challenges um, that youth are facing today that we as adults can help them with? I mean, I just watched a documentary recently. Teresa, Tommy, and I have been talking about it that Netflix produced, and I can't recommend it enough, Social Dilemma and I think every kid should be, a parent should be watching this with their children of what social media is doing to our society. But, Mark, what are you seeing that kids are faced with, the challenges they're faced with, that we as parents and adults can help them with? Oh, there's so many. I mean, like you just mentioned right there, I mean, social media is changing um, how young people interact with the rest of the world, um, how they uh, interact in, in terms of their groups. Um, and that's that's not insignificant. I mean, it's a challenge to get a group of young people together uh, in person and have them not look at devices the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's you know so I mean just very simple things of just uh, sitting with young people and interacting and having conversations. It, it might seem like that's just a oh it's just a simple thing, but it's a huge thing. Uh, just going and having a conversation uh, that just seems normal is is a huge is a huge thing and anybody at a parish can do that um there's there's other things too in terms of um that are particular challenges for us now um faith and science uh, are being uh, shown as being pitted against each other and not seen as uh being complementary to one another um and th- that's very prev- uh, prevalent in our culture uh, that it seems like a young person has to choose uh, between uh, uh, faith and science, and you know, we can't hold up enough examples of, of people who believe in both. <laughs> and, um, and and you know, and then part of the other thing too is uh, they're seeing what how we're modeling our behavior when when they see that adults can't have conversations and yell back and forth. They're just going to be uh, reflecting that themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, there's just a lot of those particular challenges, uh, that, uh, anybody can help with, but just acknowledging them. And the other thing too, that, um, young people today experience extreme loneliness and yeah. disconnection. 
Yeah. And and it's particularly a sad thing uh, when it gets to be to the um, uh, when they carry it all the way through to possibly deep depression or suicide. Um, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, all those numbers are growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a Catholic faith, we we profess the exact opposite. We talk about things about the communion of saints, the body of Christ, uh, the you know the mystical body of the church. We're all about gathering and having communion with one another, but young people are feeling completely isolated. Yeah, and um, worse, more you know, so like, now, more so now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and COVID just really piles on that. Um, yeah. It, mm-hmm. You know, in isolation, another, another way of looking at isolation is, is basically the definition of hell, that you're separated away from everything that, um, that you feel shows love to you or anything. So a, a great thing just to, to combat that is uh, when you see a young person, go and talk to them, you know, and say, hey, you know, uh, I, I saw that you're on the football team. Tell me about your game. Uh, you know, strike up conversations with them to know that they're acknowledged and that they're part of our community and our lives. Um, mm-hmm. And you, in, in those small ways, you're combating and breaking down those barriers of isolation. God, what a great point. Again, can you guys give out your website to find out more of all the work that you're doing in the Diocese of Saginaw and the events that you're having? Yes, we'd be happy to. Thank you. Um, anyone can receive all of the information and the details and the links um, at our website, which is org slash witness dash two dash life. Um, that's, but it will be on the main page of our website next week, so you'll be able to just one click and get there as well. Um, and it highlights the events, the in-person events that we're having next week on Thursday. Um, we begin our Novena for Life, and we are going to be joined by the Knights of Columbus from our diocese and our state officers from Michigan. We're very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, our rally and uh, March and Mass begin the next morning on the 22nd, and these will be live streamed so everyone can in, in participate as well. And then at the end of our nine days together, we are going to have the Mass of the Holy Spirit, um, which is going to just bring uh, everything that we have witnessed together, everything we have learned and prayed for together, um, and, and to a conclusion, um, and Bishop Bruce has an amazing homily already planned for us. So, um, but all of the information is there. The podcasts are available. There's rosaries that were recorded. So everything's there at that link. Thank you, Lori Becker, Respect Life Coordinator, yes. Diocese of Saginaw, and Mark Ravine, uh, Coordinator of Youth Ministry at Diocese of Saginaw, for joining us here in Epiphany and sharing this important information and all the events you have going on. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vanessa. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. We appreciate all of you tuning in here in Epiphany and listening to this great show lineup we've had here this afternoon on a Sunday. Uh, Thank you, Rory Clark and Father Andrew Seba and the two guests that we just talked to, Lori Becker and Mark Graveline from the Diocese of Saginaw. So important to share this information, and I hope you share these interviews with your friends and family. Re-listen to them. You might have missed something. As always, we remind our listeners to connect to collaborate and to communicate with your Catholic community. Thanks for listening, everyone.